You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Locked On Browns brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network, available Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you're subscribed or following the Locked On Browns podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. We're going to break it down here. We sat down last night with John Costco. Uh, you know, some good thoughts here where the team is at uh, heading into game week as uh, week one of the preseason will begin this week. We're going to sit down here tonight with Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith. Uh, give you some thoughts here, uh, you know, obviously from the scrimmage, some thoughts uh, you know, where camp is headed right now. we got a bunch of listener questions to get to. So appreciate you uh, guys and gals, everybody, for chiming in like you do oh so well. Pete, first one here um, is the Tack McKinley news. Um, obviously, this is a player the Browns have had tried to acquire several times last year during the 2020 regular season. Finally, we're able to get him in here now. Um, and this is a situation where you say, you know, you hope he'll be back soon, which, you know, I mean, you know, kind of feels a little bit like, you know, you know, the old my wife left me type of thing. Um, is this is this an issue if Tack McKinley just it's just maybe not in the cards for him right now. I mean, it's kind of hard to read the tea leaves exactly what's going on with Tack McKinley. Um, but this, this become a major issue here and maybe the first major hurdle of the 2021 season for the Browns. If he's not back. Yeah. It's a, it's a big issue because uh, the Jadavian Clowney signing was in part because Tack McKinley could rush off the edge, which would free up, Clowney to line up inside and play that way. If you don't have McKinley, your next sort of real speed rush threat is Porter Gustin, who hasn't really taken that next step, which doesn't mean he can't. It just hasn't happened yet. So if you're trying to figure out, you know, if you get into nickel and obvious pass rush situations, you want, you know, Miles Garrett off one edge. Jadevi and Clowney and potentially like a Malik Jackson in the middle. And then you have that other edge to account for. So that was naturally going to be Tack McKinley. Does, you know, who is that next person up? Is it Port Augustine? Is it like some weird JOK situation? I don't know, but that would absolutely be a pretty important area to, to deal with because Tack McKinley is a huge part of their uh, plan to deal with particularly athletic quarterbacks who can create there with their legs because he's fast enough to chase those type of guys down. They didn't have that last year when they had Adrian Claiborne. He just wasn't quick enough for that type of thing. So they went and Mm -hmm. got McKinley. So uh, one might wonder if, uh, because I don't think he's on the team right now, if they would call back Adrian Claiborne, even though he's not fast to just provide a, quality edge rusher type and then the you know if this were to drag on a while you know maybe there's a, a point in the year where they could try to bring back Olivier Vernon if he's healthy enough 
coming off the Achilles, which is no easy task. So it would be a pretty big issue for them. You can never have enough pass rush. Uh, and maybe, and I know you wrote about this, Pete, yesterday, talking about, you know, the Browns surplus of offensive linemen. Maybe this is something where now maybe the surplus of offensive linemen isn't necessarily going to lead to, you know, future draft assets. Maybe it's going to lead to, you know, bringing in another defensive end here. Tech McKinley's gone dark on social media. Um, again, you don't want to read the tea leaves here, but, you know, it, it sounds more of, you know, maybe where, you know, Tech is at with his mind and with the game right now than anything else. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, that's something players are going to battle and they're always going to battle. I mean, if it's, it, it's something you deal with and you're just having a hard time with it, it's really hard to, you know, basically relight that lamp, so to speak, and keep it lit, you know, for a sustainably long time. Uh, moving on, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Pete, this has become a really, really nice problem for the Browns. It's not, you know, to label it a problem, not really so much, but his growth, his progression here in year two um, for any you know facets of training camp to this point, he is pretty much regarded as having been the top wide receiver, the number one wide receiver. And this, and we won't get to the future of this because I know there's a lot of questions that we'll get to in the third segment uh, from you guys about where this could possibly lead. But Pete, this is just a fantastic, fantastic problem for the Browns to have that this former sixth round pick who they brought along slowly last year, is now just stepping up and becoming, you know, essentially a problem. Well, look, I mean, first and foremost, he has to be good enough to sort of force his way into the conversation of getting reps. Is he just getting better enough that he's firmly in that third, fourth uh, spot? You know, or is he becoming so much of a, a, a talent that now you're talking about, you know, getting him in game planning or certain personnel groups or whatever, because he's got size, strength, speed, and he's got excellent hands. And a lot of it's just figuring out the uh, nuances. And if he's done that, then if you're just saying, who are the two guys who sort of, uh, uh, you know, Jack, the best to play on the outside, it's Peoples Jones and Odell Beckham. So do we start to see Peoples Jones play in two receiver sets more often than uh, other guys or, or at least a, a larger portion of snaps? Maybe. I mean, the, the easy answer would be say, well, a lot of his reps will come from Kadero Hodge, who was, you know, in 27% of snaps last year on offense despite missing eight games whereas DPJ was in 25% in his rookie year. Um, the hitch with that is it can't just come from Kadero Hodge, even though he was uh, at times the third receiver on the team because you're theoretically going to have a healthy Odell Beckham for the whole season. But that becomes a question mark. Does he start to eat into Rashard Higgins snaps? Does he start to eat into Jarvis Landry snaps? And then you have to factor in that he's also competing against running backs and tight ends. Like he's theoretically against – trying to make himself the better option to against a guy like Kareem Hunt or another tight end. Do the Browns use more three-plus receiver sets this year because they have more talent that sort of demands it? You know, that's sort of the question they have to answer. But, yes, it, it's a problem the Browns are happy to have because there have been years where 
Donovan Peoples Jones would have probably been forced into being the number one receiver and, you know, maybe have been hurt by that as opposed to being in this situation where he's sort of allowed to grow at his own pace and, you know, the Browns can sort of uh, grow with him in in terms of giving uh, that receiver room the best possible look in uh, certain games, whether there's injuries or not. Well, it's a situation and, you know, they did this smartly with him last year and now here in year two, and you don't have to fast track him. And, you know, as you said so well, you let him come along at his pace, you know, keeping in mind he was a six-round pick. But also in the back of your mind, the athletic profile was off the charts. Um, you know, whatever happened at Michigan where the progression never really seemed to, you know, come doesn't necessarily mean that was it. It was over for a player like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Now with a new life here, you know, in the NFL, you know, with a quarterback who obviously, you know, now trusts him, it's been really, really nice to see this maturation process progress from a sixth round pick who is, you know, now knocking on the door here. And, you know, when you want to get to the point where the NFL is now, where you want to get your best athletes on the field, your most talented athletes on the field, if you're looking and just a little maybe precursor to segment three, if you're looking to get your fastest, best athletes on the field at the wide receiver position and you want to play three of them, for the Browns in the future, it could be number 13, Odell Beckham Jr. It could be Donovan Peoples-Jones. And it would be Anthony Schwartz. Um, but we'll get to all that here in segment three. Uh, moving on along here on your latest Locked On Browns, Sports Illustrated's Browns Digest. Uh, head honcho over there, as you guys know, Sam Penix is now joined over there. Corey Kinnon over there. Uh, Pete and the team just going to continue to crush it here on the probably most anticipated Browns season since the return and we'll get to a little bit more here on your latest lockdown Browns baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including MLB UFC MMA and NFL preseason action for the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Beat over 20,000 in the house yesterday at First Energy uh, to you know get a glimpse, obviously, you know, uh, of the scrimmage. Um, and you know, look, folks, anybody trying to compare it to the Indians, look, it's free tickets, it's football. It doesn't happen all the time. I mean, let's not get into that. This is not comparisons of any of that nature and nonsense. Just leave that as it is. Um, but a number one, Pete, great showing, even with the rain delay, people out there at 9 a.m. tailgating, obviously football was missed and people still be smart. Please still be smart. You want to be able to continue to do these things and get back to your normal lives for God's sakes still be smart and diligent about the actions that you are taking. But Pete, the scrimmage itself, um, offensively, a lot of guys shined on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, defensively, you know, we're starting to get to see, you know, more and more of these guys, you know, Greg Newsom playing some nickel, playing some outside, Troy Hill playing some outside, obviously playing some nickel here. Uh, got to see, you know, basically our first real solid look at JOK running around, just being the athletic 
you know, ball chaser, you know, not hitter because we can't do it here yet, but these things, but you know, that type of, you know, player that he is. And, you know, I think they just look at him as he is going to be a guy where it's see ball, get ball, hit ball, that type of player, but some you know overall takeaways, you know, from the action yesterday. Well, I think this was a case where you saw uh, the Browns offense doing well because the Browns offense was doing well. And then the Browns defense was doing well because the Browns defense was doing well rather than necessarily, you know, guys were struggling. Although, obviously, people are quick to point out that Austin Hooper had issues uh, with drops and there were and, and Jared McWills had his hands full with guys like Jademian Clowney and Miles Garrett, which isn't terribly surprising uh, given their talent level. <laughs> that, that's a great, that's a, that is an absolute great one. If you're having an issue, whether you're Chad Conklin – or your Jedrick Wills with Miles Garrett or Jadavian Clowney. Well, that's great, because guess what? You're not really seeing either one of those guys in any other player you play against this year. So, I mean, I think the Browns are headed in a good direction in terms of, uh, you know, this whole thing that, you know, Nathan Zagura has been trying to, uh, you, you know, say for, for years, which I think is actually now true, which is the whole iron sharpens iron thing. I think they are at that point where those, you know, both sides of the ball are making the other side of the ball strong enough. So the Browns have a defense that's good enough to challenge the Browns offense. And there are times where they make plays. Likewise, there are times where the Browns offense makes plays. And you saw a lot of highlights from both sides, whether it was Donovan Peoples-Jones or, you know, Harrison Bryant or some of the players they were making uh, nice plays, which is good. Um, I think that's headed a positive direction. You know, the, the the guy that is quietly having a very good camp and is sort of moving his way up is David Njoku, who doesn't get necessarily pointed out a lot, at least in what I see. But it's sort of like, yeah – he has the best chemistry with Baker Mayfield. He looks the most natural and he's, you know, he's not making mistakes of the past. So, you know, is he quietly making himself the, the number one tight end, which without much fanfare possibly, uh, which I, I, first I think Austin Hooper will be fine as much as I don't love seeing him drop a bunch of passes. He was a great blocker last year. And I think he will be better as a pass catcher, but if this means that David Njoku is going to sort of realize his potential, great. Uh, Odell Beckham continues to be good. Uh, and I think we're, we're seeing more of those two operate at a high level. But you're seeing guys like Greg Newsom start to stand out. You're seeing guys like Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa stand out. And there are enough guys where, you know, a guy doesn't stand out every day, but you're sort of seeing different guys stand out over the course of a couple weeks. So, you know, if it's Craig Newsom today or it was JOK flying around in the scrimmage tomorrow, it might be someone else who's having a great day. Uh, and, and and we're seeing growth in that regard. So the, the good news is that we're not sort of looking for one guy to sort of break through and get better and better and better. Uh, we're, we're able to sort of just enjoy the sort of growth from different guys over the course of camp. Now, when you bring up, you know, and you know, the, you know, iron sharpens iron, 
And this is where, you know, a player for me like John Johnson III comes in, Pete, because, you know, this is – you need somebody – that, you know, in Baker, you know, there's been times where interceptions were an issue. There have been times, you know, where certain D-backs have, have had his number. But now you bring in a player at the level and, you know, the capabilities of John Johnson III, extremely intelligent, finds his way around the ball, can cover, you know, backs, tight ends, wide receivers. You get this type of player out there in a secondary. And this is a great, great player for Baker Mayfield to practice against every day because John Johnson, the third, obviously, you know, the resume speaks for itself, but you get him out here. And now this is the type of player where maybe Baker didn't have this opportunity last year, you know, whether it was Sendejo or Carl Joseph, but safeties can be a real, real pain in the ass at times. And you now have one that is mentioned with some of the top safeties in the NFL. And this, you know, certainly, you know, helps with Baker taking a step from a fantastic 2020 to hopefully an even better 2021. Well, I mean, look, it's the difference between, you know, the Browns and Baker Mayfield trying to figure out the offense last year and knowing it and playing against really good competition, which John Johnson certainly provides. John Johnson is a legit star and really changes this defense in ways that are sort of yet to be, realized and truly appreciated but there's no question that when you have a guy like John Johnson then Ronnie Harrison obviously still dealing with a hamstring injury combined with quality corners that that's going to force you to get better in terms of uh, finding passing lanes uh, making accurate passes and and getting punished when you're wrong so I think and again, I think that's another area where both sides get better. I, you know, hopefully John Johnson feels the same way that Baker Mayfield is challenging him and making him into a better player. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the case, but certainly it highlights that the Browns, at least on paper, are a dangerous coverage team. And hopefully every day they're getting closer to sort of realizing how good they could be. Out. You know, Denzel Ward was out uh, for a rest day for the scrimmage, which, you know, they're seeing more and more uh, situations where we're seeing Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom on the field at the same time, which, you know, not a huge surprise because those two are sort of battling out for that spot. But now you've got reps that are head-to-head in that sort of battle. And, and honestly, it's the smartest thing to do. You know where Denzel Ward, you know, lies in the pecking order. That's not a question and, you know, you want to give Greedy a puncher's chance here as much as this new organization is obviously invested in Greg Newsom. You don't want to sleep on it. You don't want to turn your back on it. And you want to make it a true competition, which is exactly what the Browns are doing to this point. Uh, we got listener questions. We got a bunch of them. And I appreciate you guys for that. We'll get to them here in a minute as Pete Smith from Sport, uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, along for the ride here on your Tuesday, Locked On Browns. RockAuto.com is a family business. It's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com right now and to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. You guys know the drill. The site is simple and easy to navigate. Type in your vehicle, type in the engine type, type in the year, and you will find what's available, what will fit your needs, whether it is minor things as far as carpet in your vehicle, floor mats, or major things, head gasket, water pump, those types of natures. 
rockauto.com has you covered. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know the folks over here at Locked On sent you their way. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. A million questions related to Donovan Peoples-Jones. And it seems like we always find a way to open up this can of worms. If Donovan Peoples-Jones is able to reach the heights that it's looking like he's going to, and there's only going to be one to remain, 13 or 80, which one sticks around? Well, as long as he, you know, is healthy and and can show, you know, basically Baker Mayfield can figure out how to get him the ball, Beckham's going to be the one that survives. Uh, He's simply got... More, far more talent. The Browns have ways to sort of uh, replace what Landry has to offer, whether that's Richard Higgins or potentially a guy like Demetric Felton, or they can go out and get somebody. But the Browns value speed. Uh, they value a guy who can be a game breaker. Uh, Odell Beckham clearly can do those things. Landry is not fast. He is not a game breaker. And he's not worth the sixteen point six million dollars he's going to get scheduled to get next year. And you know, at, at what point do you sort of look at this and go, "There's no benefit to restructuring and taking a pay cut. Um, it's just time to move on." And you look at it and you go, "Well, the Browns would have Odell Beckham, Donovan Peoples-Jones still on his rookie deal, Rashard Higgins on probably a pretty reasonable deal." because I think that's sort of where this sets up because he'll be a free agent again, Anthony Schwartz on his rookie deal. And then whether it's a Demetri Felton or another draft pick or whatever, that would be a pretty enticing r- room to see this thing go. Donovan Peoples Jones sets up as a beautiful number two across from Odell Beckham and allows them to be just a significantly faster team overall. It's it's an interesting dilemma to be in. Um, now here from Doug, will the emergence of Donovan Peoples-Jones cause us to see more through wide receiver sets? And this is interesting. Look, the Browns love their two tight end sets, David Njoku, Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant. I, my first thought, Pete, is this might be, you know, a week-to-week thing, judging, you know, obviously by the opponent you're playing. Um, you may feel, you know, your odds are better, you know, running out more wide outs. Um, Baker, it's not going to matter either way. A lot of wide receivers, he's happy. A lot of tight ends, he's happy. He'll make it work. But I'm assuming this is probably going to have to go with, A, who you're playing, and B, you know, what they're using to defend these players. Yes. I, I, I'm assuming it's a game planning thing. You know, if you're playing the Baltimore Ravens, you're more likely to use more tight ends and running backs because, it, as you saw last year, that was sort of the way they broke that game open. Uh, using, you know, t- trying to mitigate their their strength at corner. But if you look at a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers, it, it clearly benefited the Browns to spread them out and put, uh, you know, more more uh, athleticism on the field to, to widen them out. And with potentially uh, Donovan Peoples Jones and players like that, with the with the Steelers sort of 
in flux at corner, let's say, and safety. <laughs> um, you know, Micah Fitzpatrick is great. Joe Hayden is still there, and they have uh, some guys, but, like, I don't know what Cam Sutton's going to do as a boundary corner. I don't even know who they're trying to ru- tr- run out there as their, uh, as their slot corner at this point. Uh, so in a game like that where, you know, the Browns got beat handily because the, the first matchup because they were playing so many tight formations, and then the last game and then in the playoffs, they basically spread them out, and that forced the defense to put basically like Robert Spillane – one-on-one with Jarvis Landry and other guys like that, that was a huge benefit. So <laughs> the, 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 you know, if you're, you're Kevin Stefanski basically going in into this going, what can't they do? Well, we're doing it. So yeah, I think it's a matchup thing. Obviously it's a trend thing in terms of who's playing well, who isn't, you know, where are guys sort of health wise and all those types of things. So absolutely. I think it evolves on a week to week basis. So, uh, folks, uh, if you're looking Browns-wise, fantasy football-wise, uh, maybe stick with Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb because there could be some weeks where somebody's six for 100. There could be some weeks where somebody's maybe one for nine. From Darius Jones, do you see the improved Browns blitzing more or just using the defensive line to create more pressure and turnovers? Obviously, oh. Uh, this a little of this affects you know a certain somebody who is not currently with the team, um, but Pete, I think the thought process here was is maybe we don't have to blitz that much because we brought in a whole bunch of guys who have a reputation of getting in the backfield and wreaking some havoc. Well, look if you're if you're playing far more man coverage, which seems like they're going to do, you have more ability to blitz because you're not giving up anything. If you're a heavier zone team then you're potentially voiding zones to send pressure. So, you know, that, that, that's a big factor. Obviously if they can get pressure with four, they're happy to do that. But I, but I think Joe Woods is probably going to try to create some issues. Look, you get a guy like Jeremiah Usukoromoa blitzing and, and attacking off the edge is a benefit he provides. You'd be silly not to use it. So if you get to a point where you can play a lot of cover one, or cover, you know, potentially cover zero in spots, then you have the freedom to blitz more. If you're that good in coverage, um, that becomes another option for you to sort of create havoc against the opponent. You know, particularly a guy like Joe Burrow behind, we'll call it an offensive line, uh, that can be a way to be disruptive if you have guys like John Johnson and and uh, Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom and Greedy Williams who can potentially uh, take guys away in man coverage. If you have that ability, then you have more freedom to do those things. So I think on some level, it, it certainly seems like they want to just send four and play fast behind them. But uh, the more man they can play, the more potential bodies they can send. It's, it's a nice situation to be in. And obviously with so many players who were so versatile, and, you know, trying to, you know, hide what their roles are from the quarterback as he's making their calls. Yeah, I mean, the opportunity is there that you could be, you know, successful with blitzers. Again, you know, Miles Garrett at Evening Clowney, you're talking three, if not sometimes four blockers just consuming those two guys. So it certainly makes for, you know, an opportunity where somebody should, you know, some guys should be able to get some free looks. From Sean C., 
Uh, right now, safety seems precarious uh, with Harrison Delpit injured. Are the Browns going to have to look outside the organization for safety help, Pete? Or do we think these guys will be back and ready to go in time? Well, if it's any consolation, I was a little worried about the depth, even if the Browns were healthy. Um, you know, Grant Delpit, John Johnson, uh, Ronnie Harrison is a great trio. But if one of those guys gets hurt, I don't assume the Browns are going to be like, well, I guess we're done with that. Um do they view MJ Stewart as a guy who can sort of walk the line between those two things of uh, being a slot defender and a little bit of a safety? Maybe, but if you're asking me, do I think Sheldon Redwine, Sheldrick Redwine is that guy? No. Do I think Richard LeCount is going to be that guy now? No. So that does leave me a little concerned in terms of coverage. I am cautiously optimistic about guys like Javante Moffitt, who's been in the system a couple of years, but hasn't been, made the, the, the final roster. So if there is an opportunity to get another safety, I'd be all for it, but I don't know if the Browns view it the same way because they may be per- perfectly happy to keep those three, a guy like Richard LeCount, and then maybe a guy like Javon, uh, you know, Moffitt. If they don't, then they should absolutely look for it. And, you know, as was mentioned earlier, you know, the Browns have these offensive linemen they could potentially trade. Now, I don't think uh, – I think it's obviously really hard to sort of trade one of them straight up for a player. But what you could do is you trade uh, a, a, an offensive lineman that you're not going to be able to keep, get a pick, and then use a pick elsewhere to swap to get a guy that you think can help you, whether that's edge rusher, safety, maybe even interior defensive line. Uh I think that's an easier way to sort of work than try to go player for player. Agreed on that one. Um, a simple one here. Jacob Ra- uh, Jacob Roche, we'll get this one in here. Pete, is cereal considered soup? Yes. Uh, it, it, you know, soup in, in, inherently is largely referred to as, being, you know, thought of as being hot. Certainly uh, not my thing, but you can certainly heat up milk uh, with cereal. Um, but there's also things like gazpacho, which is cold. Uh, now, granted, there's supposed to be sort of a a base uh, that's supposed to work in this, and obviously milk is not the most complicated base there, but uh, I don't know how you don't view it as a soup since it's the same concept in the same way that if you were going to say, is anything a sandwich, you would look at it in terms of how the sandwich was sort of originated, which was using bread to be your vehicle to uh you know get it to your mouth without using silverware uh that all those things would theoretically be in the sandwich uh realm until you get into things like burritos and so thing so far uh those type of things so to me yes cereal is in fact soup guys you get everything pete smith brings it all the analysis and the breakdown of whether or not cereal would be considered soup just one last one for me, Pete, and this is NFL-wise. Um, the Seattle Seahawks now, after basically giving away the farm for Jamal Adams, all of a sudden now maybe want to play a little bit of hardball as far as a contract extension. What are you doing? You gave up two firsts. When you gave up two firsts, you basically told this player, here's the blank check, put in the number, this is how badly we want you. 
But now after a year, maybe they've changed their mind. But how, how, how do you get yourself in a hole like this? Well, I assume they'll eventually get a deal done first and foremost. But it was a weird decision to me in the first place to get a edge safety as the feature point of your your defense. We love you, James yeah. Coburn. We love you. Um, but, I mean, that's what he is. He's a pass-rushing safety you can't cover. And you're going to pay him a fortune for it. And granted, he's good at pass rushing, but that's a weird defense to sort of build. Uh, so, you know, he clearly thinks he's worth a ton. Uh, given what the Seahawks gave up for him, he has every reason to believe he's worth a ton. So I think ultimately, uh, So I think ultimately they're going to cave uh, and get it done because if they don't have him, I don't know how much they have on defense. They've got – um, they're plugging some holes with fingers in a dam type thing. They've got some decent players. Uh, obviously, they've got a Hall of Fame linebacker and uh, Bobby Wagner, and they've got some guys like that. But you know, they have put a a ton into uh, into this dude, and they have to figure out a way to get him on the field because, and that's ultimately why you should have a negotiated the deal, the extension before you got him, and two. You should not have made this trade in the first place because it was inherently stupid to give up that much for a, a safety that doesn't do safety things. And if I, if I'm remembering correctly, we've now gone two NFL drafts in a row where a safety did not go in the first round. So this team just traded two first round picks for a safety, but meanwhile now two NFL drafts in a row, a safety has not gone in the first round. Yes, the position is important, but somehow it's not being drafted as being important. Pete, quick minute or two here. Uh, we've always covered uh, the program over at Streetsboro, obviously near and dear to your heart. You know, you're, uh, you know, one of your day gigs. What are we looking for as, you know, Ohio, you know, high school football is, you know, less than two weeks away from kicking off. Well, the state of Ohio has expanded their playoffs a week. So they moved everything up. So if you are like me and you coach or have kids or whatever they play, you have quickly noticed how the schedule is already upon us since we start. Uh, we kick off the first game of the season a week from Friday, uh, which is a tough spot. We're still dealing with at least the threat of COVID-19. So that's a challenge. It hasn't really impacted us yet, but that's sort of a specter that could – uh, get out there. But I mean, for us, we are, we have some veterans coming back, you know, a, a, a senior quarterback that has started back to his days as a freshman. And we've got a couple other seniors who have good experience and some talent on, on both lines in that regard. Uh, but we lost a lot of seniors last year. We were, you know, we we're fortunate enough to have nine kids uh, committed to, various colleges from Ohio state down to Ohio Wesleyan. So that's a lot of kids that we lost. Um, but you know, we, uh, we open our season with a tough opponent in Girard out in Youngstown and we try to ramp it up and get going again. We have, I think enough talent to do that. It's a question of, can we get them ready fast enough? And that's really on us uh, as coaches to sort of get them ready to go to, help them rise to that challenge. But uh, that's sort of the deal this year 
for us as, you know, back-to-back conference champions. So we've got everybody else in our conference looking at us to uh, to try to unseat us. So not only are, did we lose guys, we're trying to, you know, transition into a bunch of new players playing in bigger roles than they have to this point. But, you know, with that comes a, a, a big target on our back as uh, teams around our conference who have, you know, been, had been on some the uh, end of some lopsided games are now looking to uh, take us out thinking that maybe we're down and we don't have what we've had. And this is their opportunity to come up and take, uh, take the Metro athletic conference title. Uh, so it's up to us to see if we can sort of maintain that level of being able to take everybody's best shot this year. Ah, and as everybody knows, obviously the adopted high school program of lockdown Browns, of course, uh, Streetsboro and Pete, and we, we've always had fun here. And this is you know one of the reasons why, you know, Pete and I enjoy doing things together. And this is just the love of football and, you know, getting back to, you know, this level of talking about, you know, Pete and his involvement with the program as quarterback coach. And, you know, this is going to be a special year for Pete. You know, he, you know, went a little slight on it, but I know there's been a lot of time put in uh, with the quarterback who looks like he should be, you know, the darling of, you know, this year's Streetsboro team. And, you know, it, it's, you know, it's fun and it, it keeps football and it keeps the perspective of that it is a game and it's fun. You just want to, you know, enjoy being a part of it, enjoy watching it, which is why we always try to, uh, you know, bring, you know, a little bit of this in to, you know, the show here as we always have. Uh, we're going to continue through here this week. We're going to power through here. You know, uh, we have game week this week. Um, crazy here. It seems like the summer has flown by. And just one more thing, as Pete was, you know, mentioning, you know, still battling with, um, you know, COVID-19 as far as, you know, the team and the season. You know, my daughter's going to be a high school freshman this year here in New Jersey. And to this point, the only schedule I have for her is a half-day schedule. Like, nobody is certain of anything yet, and nobody's sure of, you know, when things are truly going to be ramped back up to where they were. So, again, folks, I mean, look, yes, it's great that we all have the freedoms we do. But it doesn't mean we're nearly out of the woods yet. Be safe. Be smart. That's all I can ask of you. Pete Smith, Browns Digest, SI.com. He and his team, whether it's podcast, whether it's the written work, uh, day in, day out, the guys are giving you, they are giving you a bunch of fantastic content. Make sure you are checking it out. Browns Digest, make sure you're following on Twitter. Make sure you're checking anything out through sportsillustrated.com. At underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following over there. Uh, the show itself at Lockdown Browns, Apple, Spotify, Odyssey. Make sure you are following or subscribed. Ratings, written reviews, all of those are fantastic. I do appreciate them. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Throw a follow over there. DMs are open, as you guys know. And with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>